0: If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you, a very special Erev Shabbos for a number of reasons. First of all, today is the eighth of the month of Menachem Av, and the eighth of Menachem of of course, every year, as this year is, well, not clearly so, but every year, it is Erev Tisha B'Av, with its own rules and regulations. We prepare for the saddest day of the year when we recall the destruction of the First and Second Temple and the tragic, tragic exile of our people. This year, of course, being that it's Erev Shabbat, Tisha B'Av comes out on Shabbos, and once it comes out on shabbos we delay the fast we delay the morning we delay the sadness and as our sages tell us once it's delayed may it be completely delayed nullified in other words transformed into something altogether different days of joy and festivity and this is why this year tishabov takes some turn it is an indicator of what Tishabov can truly be in the fullest sense of the word. The Shabbos, we show no outward signs of mourning. And even though there is a custom among some that on Shabbos of, well, the nine days, of course, Tishabov, they wear clothes that somewhat indicate a dimension of mourning. Our custom, of course, is that we do not know external display. Of any type of morning, we drink wine, we eat meat, we sit at the meal and enjoy, celebrate Shabbos in the fullest sense of the word. And this is why this year, Arab Shabbos, Arab Shabbos, well, Arab Shabbos Tishabav is a very special time. Nonetheless, it's a time that we have to reflect. We have to remember. We have to look into our history and ask ourselves all sorts of honest searching questions, somewhat uncomfortable questions. What happened? How is it that God decided to allow our enemies, first the Babylonians and then the Romans, to destroy his holy house and to take the people into exile? What caused these terrible calamities? What brought about this tremendous destruction? What about brought about this khurban? What brought about this time of great sadness, and of course the answer is, as we have learned over so many years, the prophets told us it's because of the behavior of the people themselves. First of all, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, who lived at the time of destruction, again and again and again spoke to the people, talking to them, pleading with them, change your ways. Not only that, Isaiah, and we'll talk about him at length a bit later on. Isaiah speaks to the people, Isaiah lived a couple of hundred years before the destruction, and he speaks to the people who are at the time living in tremendous physical and spiritual comfort, yet he tells them, listen, you are on a slippery slope going to a time and place of destruction, change your ways, for whatever reason the Jewish people didn't listen, and unfortunately brought upon themselves this terrible, terrible destruction. It's also Parshas Devarim, Devarim, of course, which ushers in the fifth and final book of the five books of the Torah. We've gone through the first four, Beresh Shemot, Vayikram, Bamibor, each one having its own identity, each one having its own unique message. And devorim is altogether different than the four that preceded it. Devarim, we are told, is, well, the words of Moshe, not the words of Moshe, but how God speaks through the words of Moshe. And this is why the bulk of this parsha is spoken in the first person. Yeah. The other books, Moshe speaks in the third person, and God spoke to Moshe, etc., etc. Whereas in the book of Devorim, except for a couple of passages in the beginning and the end, Moshe speaks in the first person, because as our sages say, it's as if God is speaking through his voice. And this is something which is interesting. What does it mean that God is speaking through his voice? What is this really all about? And the bottom, of course, is a time where Moshe is rebuking the people. He is telling them to look at their history, to take an honest, honest assessment of what happened over the past 40 years. They are on the brink of coming into the promised land. They are on the eastern side of the Jordan. The Jewish people are about to bring about the ultimate fulfillment, the culmination of God's promise to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that their children will enter into a land, and that land will become the Holy Land, the land of Israel. And prior to their entering the land, Moshe gives his great speech. His great speech of farewell, not a farewell goodbye, but a great speech talking to them about what happened in the past, talking to them about their history. Because without history, we don't know who we are. Without history, we can't go forward. Without history, we are a lost people. In fact, we aren't a people at all. Without history, we just happen to be a random group of people at a particular time. But with history... With history, we understand where we come from and what brought us to this point. And once we understand where we come from and what brought us to this point, we understand who we are and what our mission, what our purpose is. Moshe is talking to them about where they come from so that their sense of identity is clear, is powerful understand who they are because they're coming in to an entirely new experience they're going into the promised land and in the promised land their whole behavior will change it'll be altogether different than their journey through the wilderness as i explained many times and you know in the wilderness they were protected by god on every single level manna from fell from heaven water from the beautiful well of Miriam, protected day and night by the clouds of glory in the merit of Aaron. But now they're going into a land where they will have to work the land. They will be exposed to all sorts of challenges, to all sorts of situations. They are coming into a new and different type of experience. An experience that will, in so many ways, bring out their ultimate purpose ultimate potential and this is why Moshe wants to ensure that they understand who they are and what their mission is and this is why an honest review of their history is so vital and this is something which is so important for us to understand who we are and where we come from and why is it necessary for us to appreciate that we are the legacy of so many generations that brought us to this point. We are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so many generations that have gone through so many experiences. We are that link in the chain that connects the ultimate past to the ultimate future. This gives us a sense of identity, and this sense of identity clarifies our purpose and mission. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about how Moshe is reviewing the history of the Jewish people, what happened during the 40 years that they, well, journeyed through the wilderness and why it's so necessary in order for them to have a proper understanding of the past so that they know who they are and how they can let forward. So yes, we're talking about history, but the question still remains, why was it actually told to us in the particular style that it's the words of Moshe, where God is speaking through the voice of Moshe? Why couldn't it be in his style of the first four books of the Torah? And another question, as we go through the initial sentences, the opening sentences and passages, of Devarim, We see that Moshe does not refer to the mistakes that the Jewish people made throughout the 40 years, but he talks to them in an indirect, in an oblique sort of way. He speaks about the places. He speaks about, well, indirect things that took place. Yes because he's going to rebuke them, and we know when you rebuke someone, you shouldn't be, well, frontal you shouldn't attack them with the actual misdeed that you do. You know, you speak about it in a subtle, oblique sort of way. The individual understands. But why is it necessary? Moshe is giving the Jewish people a farewell speech. He is going to talk to them an authentic review of their history, who they are, where they come from. Isn't it important for him to speak clearly? Why speak in a coded sort of way? And these two questions actually come together in order for us to understand what in fact is really taking place. Because what's taking place is that the Jewish people have to prepare in an altogether different way for the new challenge of coming into the promised land. As mentioned before, their responsibilities and activities within the promised land will be altogether different than the ones that they had in the wilderness. They are now going to have to work the land. They are going to be met with challenges that heretofore they didn't have. They are now going to have a different lifestyle altogether. And Moshe is preparing them precisely, number one, by using his Words, God speaking through his words and also speaking to them in an indirect way. Why is that? Well, first of all, what Moshe is saying is that when God speaks through my voice, Moshe is suggesting, is that Moshe is saying, I have become, in a sense, one with God and one with his Torah. Moshe, who is the ultimate individual, the one who receives the Torah, ultimately is a teacher, a leader, one who shares his personal experiences with all of Israel. He's not there to simply indicate that he is an individual of tremendous, tremendous quality and achievement. Of course he is. Whatever he says, whatever he does, is a lesson for each and every one to follow, to emulate that which Moshe is. What Moshe is saying, just as I am now talking through my words, Hashem is speaking through my words, because this indicates an incredibly powerful unity and union between myself and Hashem, between myself and Torah, each and every single Jew has to accomplish the exact same thing to unite with Hashem, to connect with Hashem, and so that the words of Torah become their own. Hashem is speaking Torah through their words. Each and every one of us ultimately has to speak in a way where Torah becomes their language, where Torah becomes the words that they use. It's not something which is, well, objective, distant. They're talking about some sort of intellectual study. Whatever they say, how they say it is Hashem is speaking through their voice. The unity of the Jew with Torah. The unity of the Jew with God. Allowing God to speak through my voice. When the Jewish people are coming into the Promised Land, their lives are now going to be dedicated most of the time To well, secular activities, working the land, developing the land. In the wilderness, most of the time was dedicated to spiritual matters, the study of Torah. But now, in the promised land, the majority of time will be used for, well, what might appear to be mundane secular activities, working the land, developing the land. Under those circumstances, Moshe is telling them, don't think that that is something separate from Hashem and separate from His Torah within those activities there precisely. You have to illustrate and demonstrate honestly and effectively your unity with Hashem and your unity with Torah because everything that you do, plowing the land, seeding the land, harvesting the land, living within each other in a new type of community, all of that has to reflect the values of Torah, not as something which is separate from yourself, but something that speaks with God in your voice. Unity of Torah, unity with Hashem in every single area of life. And then, of course, why is it coded? Why is it told in an oblique sort of way, not direct, not clearly? Because what Moshe is telling them, the challenges that you will face in your new experiences might sometimes indicate to you that Hashem isn't there. You will see situations, experiences that will baffle you, that will trouble you, that might overwhelm you. And you will think to yourself that you're on your own. You might think to yourself, how can one possibly endure such difficulty, such moments of pain and strain. You have to understand that what appears in life is a code. It's something which is presented in an indirect, oblique sort of way. You have to have the wisdom. You have to have the understanding. You have to have the maturity of looking Beyond the obvious. And this is something that we've talked a lot about over the last few weeks. To look beyond that which appears and to understand that which is contained within. To look beyond the surface and to see that which exists below the surface. Because very often in life, what appears is only a shallow indicator Of what is true. You have to have an understanding. Of what is the code over here. What is really. Being presented. And this is true in every area of life. In relationships. You have to learn how to listen. Because very often the words. That are used between people. Don't truly demonstrate. Their feelings. Don't really indicate. What they are trying to say. And this is why you need a particular type of hearing, because you have to go beyond the words that are said, and to hear the inner dimension of what is being said. And this is true in every single area of life. Not to be convinced that that which appears is all that there is. There is a wealth of greatness beyond the surface, below the surface and this is why something which appears harsh and difficult like the rebuke that Maisha is making in telling them where they went wrong in their historical experiences in actual fact he is saying two things number one he says well it happened in a desert which indicates as badly as you behave can understand why you behave that way What's a wilderness? What's a desert? It's a harsh, unforgiving place. And this is why one can understand why you made the mistake. Because every term that he uses, mitigates, justifies to a certain degree why they made those mistakes. But far beyond that, it also tells us that hidden within all those negative situations is the potential for greatness and goodness. Hidden within the pain and suffering, of loss, of exile, of destruction, is contained the opportunity for rebirth and rebuilding and rejoice. And this is something which is so important for us to understand, never to be satisfied with that which appears, but to have the courage, the patience, and the passion to look beyond that which appears And to recognize the essence of something, because that's where the true treasure lies. It's like water beneath the ground. The previous Lubavitcher ever told us, you can come to the most barren place on earth, but there's water beneath the earth. It only depends on how deep you have to dig. If you become lazy after a few shovels, you'll never find the water. But if you persevere, you will find the water anywhere you go. And this is something which is so important for us to understand. The ability to persevere and to look beyond the obvious. To dig and to dig and to dig. Again, I use the example of a relationship. If people only responded to each other on the most immediate and shallow aspects of their interaction... Life would be a disaster. But you know that there is something deeper. And therefore you disregard any type of negative dimension of interaction. And you go deeper, slowly. And ultimately you build a wonderful relationship because you've had the patience and the wisdom to go beyond those initial aspects that were, well, irritating, not satisfying, And you found something deep and found something powerful. And perhaps this is one of the reasons, one of the causes, why there is so much division today. Because people, well, are lazy. They don't have, well, instant gratification. On to the next. Instant gratification is a curse. Because no one searches for that which is deeper, that which is beyond, and the true treasure that is contained within. This is something which is so important for us to understand. Moshe is teaching us. Learn to recognize the code and to understand the subtext. Learn to understand that which is truly contained. And make the voice of God your voice, the voice of Torah your voice. Learn these two things. Use my example, says Moshe, as he opens the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Devarim. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about what's so special of the Shabbos. The Shabbos that is, well, normally before Tisha B'Av, actually this year it is Tisha B'Av. So as we're talking, it's important for us to allow our voices to reflect the words of Hashem. It shows the unity between ourselves and God. It shows the unity between ourselves and And the Torah. And of course, as mentioned earlier, the Shabbos is called Shabbos Chazon, the Shabbos of the vision, based upon the Haftarah of the Shabbos, which speaks about Chazon Yeshayahu, the famous revision of Yeshayahu, who lived hundreds of years before the Khurban, before the destruction of the Temple. And he speaks to the people and he tells them, please change your ways, because I see in the future that unless you change your ways, the temple will be destroyed. And even though the Jews at the time of Isaiah were living at the height of comfort material and spiritual, he said, you don't see what's taking place. This comfort that you're experiencing is only external, but beneath the surface, there is ethical and moral corruption and decay. Change your ways. Recognize that you have to bring Hashem into your lives, and Chazon, of course, is always connected with the image of sadness and destruction. Whenever someone speaks about Shabbos Chazon, it brings this well atmosphere of a Shabbos that pre- precedes Tisha B'av. Until, of course, the great Hasidic master Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of our came along, and he said that Chazon refers to another vision as well. And he said that on Shabbos Chazon, each and every single Jew is shown in the distance, the third temple, which of course refers to the rebuilding of the temple, the coming of Mashiach, the ultimate redemption. So while of course that which stands in front of us is the Chazon of, what, vision of destruction, nonetheless, Rabbi Lady Yitzhak of of the great sage, of sainted memory, talks to us about look beyond and see that the vision also contains the promise of redemption and the third temple, which carries with the message of looking at the codes, looking at the subtext, looking beyond that which is obvious and that which appears and that which truly is contained. Deeper and within. This is something which is so important for us to understand. That we have to at all times understand the present and to understand that which is beyond the immediate. The so-called reality and the reality that is beyond the reality. It takes, as I said, wisdom, perseverance, courage, passion, But you have to understand that unless you do it, you miss out on the great wealth, the great treasure that is there. If we only allow that which is on the surface to, in fact, become that which is our own, we will never, ever appreciate that which is truly there. And this is why Moshe talks to us about our history, because not only is he indicating who we are and where we come from, he says, "Look at our collective experiences, what appeared and what was truly there." When we look upon the past, what they say when it comes to history, everybody has twenty-twenty vision. But in order to have that clarity, that honesty, you have to have an authentic view of our history. And this is why the words of Moshe are measured. Measured, he talks precisely to the mind and heart of each and every single individual. Where do you come from? Your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. It doesn't stop there. You have to go all the way back. You have to go all the way back to Sinai and beyond to the patriarchs. Look at their experiences. Look at what appeared, the challenges, and what came beyond in Abraham's life, in Isaac's life, in Jacob's life, in Joseph's life, in the lives of the Jewish people, going into the slavery of Egypt and the Great Redemption, the Great Exodus, etc, etc, etc understand that that which appears is extremely limited don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed by that which appears have the strength to draw upon the incredible faith and trust in Hashem His Torah and remember the words of Rabbi Levi Yitzhak see the true chazon the true vision not the vision of destruction, but the vision of redemption. You have to have a rock-hard faith, which enables you to somehow not only survive in circumstances of difficulty, but indeed to thrive in circumstances of difficulty. This is what Moshe is talking to us, precisely on Parshas devotion, which is always on Shabbos Chazor. He talks to us obliquely because he wants us to understand that we have to look at life in an oblique sort of way as well. Not that which appears. He talks to us in his voice because each and every one of us must allow Hashem to talk through our voice. This is Shabbos Chazon. This is the opening part of the fifth and final book of the five books of the Torah. It will demonstrate tremendous, tremendous elements of who and what we are. It will show us precisely what Misha is trying to say. He is going to talk about himself. He's going to reveal aspects of his personality, his hopes, his prayers, his challenges as a leader. But all of that is not that he is, well, sharing moments with us. He is teaching us how to handle life correctly. And this is why when you're in chill tomorrow, listen carefully to this parasha. Listen carefully because not only is it a preparation for the day after of Tisha B'Av, but to understand that the difficulty of life and the inner promise of, well, something greater and treasure and joy are not two separate things. They're ultimately one of those... As I said earlier on, it takes wisdom and courage to recognize that. So tomorrow is going to be a day Well, some people might be conflicted. On the one hand, Shabbos. Shabbos is full of joy, but at the same time, the preparation for Dishabov. Both are realities, but they're not separate realities. They're one and the same. What appears and what truly is beyond the surface. So as I said, when you're in shul tomorrow... Listen carefully to this part. It contains so much. It tells us who we are because it talks to us about our history. And there's nothing greater than finding out in truth who we are because we are men and women of greatness, of nobility, of tremendous, tremendous potential. Let's make it real. A